Welcome everybody to the second episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. This is a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anyone science adjacent, and maybe even hobbyists. I am here with my co-host Jiron. Hi. And today we'll be talking about our journey towards becoming scientists and why we even wanted to be one. Let's start. So, Gerald, you grew up as a kid on Aruba. What was that like? Uh, yeah, very sunny, white beaches. Most people would say it's quite a tourist paradise, but I actually didn't enjoy it that much because very sunny and white beaches. And, and you don't like the sun? I, I hate the sun. No, but I mean, scientifically speaking, there wasn't much there, to be honest. It's a relatively small island. And any exposure to science was mostly through TV, at least that I was aware of, you know, as a younger kid at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my exposure to science mostly just came from Discovery Channel and TV in general. I sort of based what a scientist did off of Dexter's laboratory. Probably not the best comparison, but mm-hmm. that was what I knew growing up. Well, I think most kids would think about something like that as I mean, you're you're a redheaded scientist, so yeah, you wear glasses. So. <laughs> <laughs> I fit right in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And did you have any idea about what you wanted to be as a kid? Not really. I mean... Not even like that you, I don't know, wanted to be a doctor or wanted to be a fireman or those typical things. I sort of considered being a doctor for a little bit. But I realized early on already that I don't like people, at least not really just listening to people's complaints. Mm-hmm. And anyway. uh, yes, Ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think many scientists probably relate to that yes. feeling. Um, but Too I many complaining people. Yes. But no, I didn't really have like a clear vision of what I wanted to be. Or And also in Aruba, I felt like I didn't have the best exposure to what was possible. So for me, I just wanted to keep as many options open just by getting some good grades and going to... You were a very serious kid, if I heard, heard this correctly. Well, I wasn't actively thinking to get good grades. I just was getting okay grades, I think. So, yeah, I just wanted to have options open. And I knew if I wanted to do anything um, to advance career or uh, have a yeah better education overall, I needed to leave Aruba. Mm-hmm. to get a better education because we didn't really have a but university. But were you really yet. already thinking about it when you were on like really lower school? Uh, as like a really young kid, you would mm-hmm. mean? No, no. Um, it was much later. Well, much later. Between the ages of 12 and 18, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because in Aruba, we're not re- it's not really a poor country, but the mentality is... Your wealth or how well you are in life is determined by your career. Uh, And how well you study determines what career you kind of get on Aruba. So from there, my mentality was sort of if I wanted, I wasn't the rich, I wasn't in the richest family. So for me, it was more if I wanted to not be essentially very poor, I needed to study hard and get a good job. But I didn't know what, I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that. So I didn't know what quote unquote a good job would be for me, but I didn't know science was really, or scientists would be really an option. 
Well, I'm not sure if it is an option if you want to make good money. But here in the Netherlands, it's quite okay. It pays well. <laughs> it, it's quite speaking. okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, so you think that most of your influences as a little kid came from TV and that you sort of got interested for science already in that period of your life because of the TV. Yeah, I was very interested in just finding out more about the world because, again, Aruba is relatively small island, so I didn't know many... Like, I wouldn't know what a tiger was if it wasn't for Discovery Channel. Like, TV was my exposure to everything else in the rest of the world, and that's how I learned a lot, I would say. Hmm. Well, interesting. Yeah. Very different world than here in the Netherlands. Yeah. Speaking of here in the Netherlands, how was, uh, what was your early life trauma? My early life trauma that led to me becoming a scientist, you mean? Yes. Mm. Well, I don't think there was a lot of trauma, actually. I had quite a nice childhood in the Netherlands. Uh, I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be a lot of different things. I at one point wanted to open a restaurant or be a, be a baker. Or like. I've recently heard that you wanted to be a swimming teacher. That was like one thing that my mom wrote in like a friendship booklet. I am not even sure if that's true. <laughs> It doesn't sound like me being a swimmer. I am so not athletically <laughs> capable well, that this doesn't sound time, like so. me. This doesn't sound like me. So, yeah. But at some point, I sort of realized that I had indeed didn't want to be a doctor. My dad was a GP. And from what I could see from him, he saw so many people with good things, but also like very bad things. And... I am just not that good with people. That's That was just my reason for not wanting to become a doctor. And also because, you know, you just have to have a lot of difficult conversations with people, have difficult people in your practice. Nah, it, was just, it, 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 it wouldn't be for me. But I did really like the medicine and how the body worked. And I found all that kind of interesting. And I remember that as like a small kid, I used to say that I wanted to be an adventurer. But that in these days, to become an adventurer, you cannot go on a boat and go to America to discover America. So your only options were either to become an astronaut, a deep sea discoverer, or a scientist. And since I am not athletically <laughs> capable, <laughs> as I already said, I became a scientist. And I wanted to discover the, the new things in the cell and in the mechanisms that, uh, that work like that. So rather than exposing yourself to all those physical demanding things like becoming an astronaut or a deep sea researcher, uh -huh. you instead expose yourself to carpal tunnel syndrome from pipetting? I don't have it yet. Yet, yeah. <laughs> there were some times that my hands were definitely hurting from the pipetting that day, but I mean, so far so good. It's only a matter of time. My, my thumb skills are very like evolved because of my gaming habits too. So that is interesting. Fast pipetter. I am a fast pipetter, yes. So, Jeroen, when you went to high school, did you have some favorite subjects? Surprisingly, it was not biology for like the longest period of time because I actually was not getting super amazing grades in biology. Uh, so you are one of those kids that like says that their favorite subject is the one that they get the highest grade for? No, not necessarily, but if I got good grades for it, I, I, w I was more willing to put in more effort into it because then I was, I was getting competitive and I was like, okay, but I don't have the highest grade in the class and mm. I want to have the highest grade in the class or 
it was probably a subject that I was already interested in and I thought I could still do better at. Um, but yeah, it wasn't actually biology for me. And it took a little, it took a year or two before biology, biology started uh, becoming more interesting, at least for me. I don't me. even think we had biology in our first year. No, you mean like really the lower uh, classes? Yeah. You know? No, no, I don't think so either for me. I think it was sort of in the third or fourth high school year. That yeah. yeah, maybe not even the third actually. Well, for me, it was second, but only like very little, like mm. one hour a week or something. Yeah, not enough, if you ask me. They should you should add more. I often am like jealous of the the sort of experiments that you see people in America do during mm. biology and chemistry classes. We never did any of that. We did some no. cool stuff, but not not like making volcanoes explode or whatever. No, but that's not really biology. That was like true, the biology true. of the volcano. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot 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 and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. No, but I think the probably the... We piped it by mouth, so that's what yeah, we did. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I do, I think the funnest I had with biology, though, was uh, I had one uh, specific teacher for one year of biology. And it's not that he wasn't good at giving biology lessons. It just, if he thought you weren't interested or thought in general that the class wasn't interested, he would just show up to the lessons, turn on a sort of documentary about biology or whatever. Sometimes it wasn't even a documentary. And then just play that while he was reading newspapers and we would just watch that. That was our biology lesson for some wow. time. But I think if I remember correctly, this was sort of either the last year, in which case we just had to study what was in the books and he would just answer our questions during the actual lessons or yeah, periods that we had him. Yeah, I think it was last year. So basically he didn't really do much. He didn't even keep track of if he actually showed up to class or anything. It was, uh, it was fun. Hmm. Interesting. It was a novel approach to teaching at that point. And this was allowed in Aruba. That explains so much. Well, I'm still <laughs> getting okay grades. I mean, it, yes. it's, this is how you weed out the people who really want it, you know. Mm. The people who still show up despite they didn't. They, they so didn't this was to. when you started to like biology? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, I was also getting the most. Apparently, if you just let set me free, I got good points. Oh, hmm. interesting. Yeah. But it, I wouldn't say biology was ever really my favorite subject, actually, just in high school. I actually liked economy a little bit more, but I didn't want where I didn't see like the opportunities really with studying economy or like what kind of job. I, again, Aruba doesn't really do a good job of telling you these are options available to you as career paths because mm-hmm. they might not even exist on Aruba. So. I can imagine that, but economy is something you can do everywhere, I think. Yeah, indeed, I agree. It just, I didn't Looking know at the time. It, yeah. I didn't know at the time. I was good at Spanish, but you know, what will I do with just being good at Spanish? Not a lot. Yeah, exactly. Go to Spanish. Go to Spain. Go to Spanish, yes. Go to Spanish, yes. That's what you should do. Got good grades in chemistry, so I thought, yeah, was getting okay grades in biology, good grades in chemistry. And then you went to do biochemistry. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, eventually, yeah. It, yes. it all led up to that. It all led up to that. Yeah. And when did you know you wanted to become a scientist or at least do a university degree in, in our case, biomedical sciences? Uh, it took a quite a bit, actually. It was literally in, like, the last year of high school where you really needed to start figuring that shit out. And it took me quite a bit of, like, searching, reading up on what the different uh, studies were and what courses they offered and where I would go do the study in the Netherlands. I figured in the Netherlands simply because it was advantageous to be someone from Aruba because I technically have a Dutch passport. So... I was easily allowed to come to the Netherlands to study mm-hmm. versus going to the U.S. and they're insane. Fees. And from what I've heard from you, Aruba also like take quite good care of people who want to come to the Netherlands yeah. to yeah. study. Yeah. yeah, so that was, they have quite a system sort of set up for people who want to come study in the Netherlands. That's quite nice. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that was very nice. Uh, but I didn't really figure out that it was going to be biomedical sciences for a little bit. And even enrolling for biomedical sciences was difficult because there's a time difference between Aruba and the Netherlands of like five to six hours, depending on what time of the year it is because daylight savings. Mm -hmm. So there were definitely moments where I needed to, I I couldn't find the information I needed online and I just needed to ask someone in the Netherlands. So I just had to make a six hour different timeline call nine o'clock oh. in the morning there in Aruba, which was already three o'clock in the afternoon here in the Netherlands. So it was always interesting to see like, okay, who, are we going to get someone who can actually help us? Hmm, interesting. And you could of course also not go to the, the, the open days of the university. No, to, exactly. Like, and yeah. basically we only really had like the internet to provide us with information about the universities, just look up the university and the courses themselves. Or, you can try asking like the counseling person at our high school that has some brochures from those universities from some years ago. Hmm. They should really make like an online thing for that, like an online open day. Yeah, who knows? Maybe with COVID that actually got sped up a little bit. Hmm. I don't know what it's like now. but Yeah, well, I used to, of course, during my university time, I used to work as a student advisor and I worked on the open days and like try to help new students figure out if biomedical science was something for them. And I never really realized that there's also, of course, a lot of stu- students abroad. But also the thing with bachelors, I guess, in the Netherlands is that they are, are in Dutch. So for the bachelors, we don't often get people no. from abroad. 
No, exactly. That's why I get uh, that's probably a little bit more difficult. But given that the Dutch is technically one of our uh, main languages in Aruba, and we're taught our entire schooling is in Netherlands in the in Dutch, um, it's more than impossible for us to just come to the Netherlands and do a bachelor in Dutch. Mm. Although I do have to say, apparently, quite a few people struggle adapting to the new environment in the Netherlands when they come here for their bachelors. No, I can imagine that. Well, we'll talk about the culture shock in a bit. So, tell me about uh, your high school and when did you know? My high school? Well, um, I was a really nerdy kid in high school and I, of course, wanted to be the best in everything. And uh, I'm dyslectic, but I still decided to do seven different languages, which I guess says a lot about me as a person because that was languages. Now I'm just curious. Okay, so we had English, Dutch, French, German, Greece, Latin. Oh, I think it was six. Okay. I think I did six languages. And how many of them would you say you're proficient at? Uh, None of them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Dutch a little and English I can handle. So you're pretty proficient in English. Yes. Yeah, but in the end I did Latin. English and Dutch as my my graduation courses basically, mm-hmm. but I don't know Latin anymore at all. I know I at least can say that most doctors pronounce Latin like names for body parts very 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 wrong, mm-hmm. and it annoys the shit out of me. But uh, <laughs> take that, clinicians. <laughs> exactly, learn your Latin. But yeah, one job. That's what I took away from my Latin courses, I guess. I feel like if you're if you're going to be a doctor, at least get your Latin pronunciation correct. Otherwise, oh. I cannot take you seriously at all. Ah, but in that sense, you did have sort of an advantage over me because you already had Latin then uh, before mm-hmm. doing biomedical sciences. I've, I I came to biomedical sciences. What we need to learn le- different language now too for these body parts. God yes, damn. yes. Ah, they're not that bad. No, no, indeed. And I, I found it kind of uh, interesting that Latin was still sort of similar to Spanish, so that's how I related some mm. words. So. Yeah, and most of the time you don't need to actually know what it means. But the problem is, yeah, I'm not sure if it's interesting to go into details with this, but in Latin you speak the the C as a K mm. and the U, what's it that's in English? U, okay. U you uh, pronounce as U. Mm. And I hear so many doctors just do that completely mm. <laughs> wrong and that just is super annoying. It doesn't even matter about like if you actually know what it means in Latin, you just need to pronounce it right. True, but I mean, I would say also given what we do now as scientists in our specific projects, we don't really need to know the Latin oh, words no, for pretty no, much anything. We so don't, was, we don't ever use it. I feel like it, it was kind of a waste of time to learn yes yeah i'm not sure is mitochondria is that latin it could be fact check us listeners i feel like that means something like engine of life or something you know we know someone who would know all about yes we need to we need to ask the specialist yes. but back to my high school experience <laughs> um yeah i was really drawn to the the more beta subjects like the biology and the and the chemistry and that kind of topics. And yeah, I did like biology mostly because it came very easy to me. I really, well, those processes and understanding how that worked, I just could read it once and then understand it and 
I saw some of my friends have a lot more troubles with that. So, And I also thought that the, the few experiments that we did do were really interesting. For example, at some point we uh, had fruit flies with two different colors eyes and then we would crossbreed them to figure out how genetics work. That was a really fun, fun thing to do. And you guys had pretty decent budget. I, I didn't have anything like that. Well, we had fruit flies and then we used to like anesthetize them, I think, with chloroform. And then you could like separate them on eye color and you could crossbreed them. It was very funny to do. I can recommend it. We won't do it in our kitchen though. Um, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. And yeah, I as I said, I also sort of early knew that I really liked the medicine, but not the medicine part. And I really liked, I was always the kid that would ask the million questions and why is the sky blue and that kind of things where you really annoy your parents the with. hard biology questions. No, not <laughs> biology, but ah, good enough. So, yeah, I feel like becoming a biomedical science or at least doing the university biomedical sciences was really a good fit for me. And I also figured it out quite quickly that I wanted this already like but a few years before. But what distinguished biomedical sciences from any other? You could have also maybe gone into chemistry or uh, life sciences somewhere else. So. Yeah, but I feel chemistry... I really wanted to become a researcher. And I feel like with chemistry you can do that, but then you really go into more of the, the molecules and less of the, the cells. And I really like like the the the, messy the fundamentals of life trying to fit well you that can call it whatever stuff. you want <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make yes that doesn't make sense for sure mm. i really wanted to figure out how life worked and i basically just um first just got all the different booklets from all the different universities with any studies that would even remotely sound interesting and then read through all of them and then i sort of narrowed it down to biomedical sciences based on that and then I went to the all the open days of the different university in the Netherlands to figure out which university I wanted to go to. And then I figured out that I wanted to go to the University of Amsterdam. Why so, not Leiden? Why not Leiden? Well, well... Time to alienate potential listeners. No, I just feel like I was less um, convinced by the open day that they had. Because they had some people tell about their experiences in going abroad for a semester and how fun that was. and. Mm that that was a really great experience, which I'm sure it was, but they were so much um, emphasizing the fun part of it and not really the studying part of it that that sort of mm. wasn't for me. I'm just more of I a... do have to say they they reference that a lot. Like literally the first day that I arrived there, it's like, yes, if you too can go there. I was like, okay. Yeah, and at some point this, this girl who was pr uh, presenting this said that, yeah, and I went to study a year abroad, I think it was Spain or something. And it uh, did uh, give me a lot of um, delays in my studies. But it was so worth it because it was such a great experience. And yeah, no, it, it just it didn't fit me. Amsterdam mm -hmm. fit me better. And I mean, in, in contradiction to you, I had the opportunity to go to all the universities and see that. So why did you pick Leiden? Yeah, again, my, the only resources I had was random counseling dude from my high school, which I didn't actually end up going to because other people I knew did go to him to ask him questions, but he didn't really have that much to say. Okay. Uh, and the internet. And at least from what I could find on the internet, I found a site or two that sort of said like, 
biomedical sciences at like the top rated. Uh, so I just had to go about it with like that as my only data point. It's like, huh, okay, I guess that's a good source that for biomedical sciences then. So that was my motivation for like that. And also, um, I looked at, I also saw biomedical sciences popped up at Amsterdam, obviously. But uh, even as someone who lived in Aruba, I knew um, that housing uh, in Amsterdam is horrible. Yes, it so is. So from there, I thought, okay, less expensive. I can probably find something there. And Should apparently, have gone to Groningen. That's like cheap. That's, that's probably the cheapest, yes. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a Groningen. But I also looked it up on a map, and I also didn't want to be in a Groningen. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. And apparently also, the moment you arrive in the Netherlands uh, from the plane, um, which is already a couple of hours of travel, then you still have to sit in a bus for three hours to get to Kroningen, which I did not want to do. So Leiden became the obvious very choice for practical, me. Uh, practical decisions. Uh. Yes, very practical. So then you came to the Netherlands. Mm. What was that like? Because it was your first time in the Netherlands, right? Yes. And I mean, you were, what, 18, I yep. guess? And you came to the Netherlands all alone to do this study thing. Must be scary. Yep. I was surrounded by a couple hundred other would-be college-slash-university students from Aruba. So many in one year? Yeah. Oh. A couple hundred, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we all arrived in the same... We all went in the same plane together because Aruba sort of organizes that and they make a whole big deal of it. It's like, all these students leaving. They film us uh, as we're leaving from Is the airport. Is there footage from this? Probably, but I doubt you'll find me because I was not popular enough to get interviewed by like... Uh, popular enough? Yes. Because okay. Aruba is relatively small, so there are families who have a little bit more money. Mm. And their kids are also, well, not famous, but like, um, for example, in my year, we had the world champion of uh, kite surfing or windsurfing, I believe, that also graduated and was going to study in the Netherlands. So obviously she was going to get interviewed. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that, yeah. sure. So, where did you stay for the first bit? Was there anything, like, organized by the yes. Ruben government? Yeah, so, um, actually, in all the different, yeah, cities or states that have a university in the Netherlands, especially around the time that all the students would come to the Netherlands to right before the actual studies begin, um, they organized a sort of committee of a couple of people, mostly also... Uh, former students, maybe they're already in their bachelor, later in their bachelor or in their master's, and they would also help the new students get acclimated to the Netherlands. Mm, so nice. in my year, I had several people who were finishing or in their master's, and they took us to a hotel, and we stayed there for a couple of nights while we were trying to get our rooms uh, sorted out, because it's also difficult to get a room. From in, Aruba. Yes. yes Just imagine, imagine that with Amsterdam. <laughs> So huh. I don't know how they do it in Amsterdam. Well, we do have good student housing facilities, though. You just sort of register on a website mm. and then you can already apply. No, I'm sure they probably mm. managed to do it. Um, but yeah, I didn't know at the time, so I just I, I kept the safe option with Leida. And uh, I was actually the last person of the new students from my group to find a house. It took a little bit. So I got to stay in the hotel an entire week or two longer than I was actually supposed to, free of charge. So oh, I was wow. not complaining. <laughs> nice, nice. So, yeah, that took a little okay. bit. And, well, yeah. nice that they 
at least take care of yeah, the guy. Yeah, they have an entire system set up. Uh, so that was quite nice. I got registered to the university and everything. Got a got a room. And yeah, hmm. nice. Okay. And then you had some culture shock or not? Yes, bikes. Bikes. So many bikes. They're everywhere. Yes. In Aruba, it's too, like, there are bikes, but not that many. Like, I can count on one to two hands in, like, a month how many bikes I see. In the Netherlands, everywhere. And there's an entire infrastructure just for bikes. Do you know that I have three bikes? I just wanted to point it out. I don't even know why, but I do. Hashtag rich. (laughs) In the Netherlands, that means they adjusted for lack, like, losing your bikes. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I never lost a bike. Do you even live in in, in, in Amsterdam? Like, No, I don't bike a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can't steal if i never use it exactly yeah. exactly okay yeah. bikes other culture shocks like the weather for example it rains here a lot most people hate it yeah i mean but since you hate the sun it might yeah. be well specifically in the year that i came i didn't think it rained that much i mean it was sunny but it was also a little cooler it was definitely cooler weather than aruba and it took a little bit before it became winter and then that, that one year, there was snow. And, and when the air got cold enough that I could finally see my breath, that, that was magical for me. Uh, you know, 18 years on Aruba, I've never gone, I've never seen winter or snow. So I was like, I was breathing on the windows. I was like, ooh. Okay, right? <laughs> oh, so, that's yeah. so cute. I, that, that's the first time I needed to buy a winter coat. I realized a terrible, it got cold fast. Minus 15. Oh. And I, I was just sort of just wearing sort of casual summer-ish coat. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared. All my classmates at the time was like, oh, you're, uh, you're doing that. Okay. <laughs> you were still showing up with your short pants and yeah. everything. No, I never actually, oh. I didn't, wasn't really wearing short pants, but uh, yeah. You didn't have the island vibes? I, I was not your typical, I was the most tanned person in my uh, year, but uh, I was not their typical impression of what someone from Aruba would look like, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's sort of kind of it for me when it comes to culture shock. But what about you from small little village? Yes, I grew up, grew up in the smallest village with its own accent that other people around don't understand. And yes, that's where I grew up. Um, and then I went to Amsterdam, the biggest city the Netherlands has, and like it was not that bad actually. I uh, found housing quite quickly, and my mom and dad helped me, and my brother helped me to move into that, and make it a really nice space. And then I basically just stayed there for the next four years. And uh, I do enjoy Amsterdam. It's not the most studenty city. It's more a touristy city. I guess, you know. So, as a student, when you go out, you're basically surrounded by the, by the tourists. Mm. And there are cities where you have a lot more student areas, I guess. Also, the University of Amsterdam is very spread out over the city. So, mm. it has different locations. For example, economy and that kind of classes are in the middle of the city. And uh, the science uh, departments have their own facility outside. Which was one of the things that I went here for because it was brand new when I wanted to start start studying and it was so nice and they had the nicest labs and stuff and that really sold it for me, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I uh, was lucky enough to live 
sort of just outside of Amsterdam in uh, a place where it was a bit more quiet. And yeah, in terms of um, bake adjustment, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, in comparison to Amsterdam, I would say Leiden is very quiet. It also, it's a very weird dynamic, I would say, because with students, it's like the students would just work there. But really, there's a lot of older people there, I would say. It's not really a, I don't know how to define it. It's technically sort of a student city, but not really. Well, it also, of course, has also other parts, but I think the student society is way more concentrated in yeah. certain parts. Yes. Also in Leiden, I would say, there were sort of the big ones, and then there are much, yeah, smaller niche ones mm. focused on board gaming or whatever. So they're also there. But it was weird because Leiden Leida has a lot of female students, and Delft has a lot of male students because they have more engineering and, stuff, and math and stuff like that. So it's always sort of the running joke that like all the female students from Leiden would always go in the weekend to their boyfriends or to party mm-hmm. with Delft because there the guys are or the guys would come to Leiden. But there isn't really that much to party in Leiden. Mm-hmm. So that sort of dynamic was always there. Okay. But yeah. So for the sake of time, we'll be splitting this episode into two parts. So in the next episode, you will uh, hear the rest of our story toward science. If you have any questions or remarks, you can contact us via Facebook or via our email address, thestrugglingscientist at hotmail.com. And we'll hope to see you all next time again. Bye.